Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Unfortunately, your flight to Bristol has been delayed once again. But for your entertainment purposes, please listen to the Baggage Claim Monday edition of the Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney. The white zone is for immediate unloading and loading of passengers only. No parking in the white zone. Thank you. Yep, this is a baggage claim edition of the Baseball Tonight podcast for Monday, September 26, 2022. And today will be better than yesterday. I'm Buster Only, working from the Minneapolis airport on my way home to Montana. Sarah Abbott, Bruce Baldwin, are working from the Sarah Abbott Studios in Bristol, Connecticut. Bruce, did you know that you're working in the Sarah Abbott Studios? I did. I got a little bit of a, a little bit of a heads up yesterday, and I was like, "Ooh, finally getting brought up to the big leagues." <laughs> yeah, you got a tour from. Uh, I'm sure there was a tour. You got to see the Hall of Fame, the museum of the Sarah Abbott Studios. Yes. Sarah. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he gets to see where I have my coffee. He gets to see <laughs> where I drink all my water. You know, a lot of exciting exhibits here in this. Can you still take it all in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, maybe someday, you know, as part of the Sarah Abbott Studios, you can have the Albert Pujols 700 home run ball, maybe the Aaron Judge 61 home run ball, oh, yeah. uh, something to sort of dress it up when you bring uh, all the visitors through, charging a $15 a pop. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure the MLB is like, we got to get Sarah that ball, you yes. know? <laughs> Number one priority. All right, what a weekend for milestones, or in the case of Aaron Judge, the milestone watch. On Friday night in Los Angeles, Albert Pujols facing the Dodgers. Top of the third inning, Albert at the plate. Tommy Edmond leads at first base as Andrew Haney deals. A swing, a long one, left center field, that's the gunner, a gunner for Pujols. He is at 8 or 699 now as he hit that one a mile. Oh, did he get into it. That was John Rooney on the Cardinals radio network. And Albert came to the plate again in the top of the fourth inning. The 1-1 pitch. A swing, and there it goes! Left field, way back! That's home run number 700! Pujols hits a three-run homer, and he hit 699 and 700 at Dodger Stadium on September 23rd, 2022. 8.23 p.m. Pacific time. Yeah, John Rooney with a great call on the Cardinals, uh, Cardinals radio network. It was cool to see the reaction, not only of the Cardinals players, but also of Dodger players who played with Albert last year and from Dodger fans. Uh, this was the same in the same ballpark, of course, where he was honored at the home run derby. So Albert Pools putting a great punctuation mark on his career. We'll be talking about that with Jeff Passon coming up. Here was Albert after the game talking about home run number 700. What a special night, you know, first of all, you know, to have my family here in town and uh, to be able to do it here at Dodger Stadium, where I think, I said earlier, uh, my joy pretty much of this game came back last year, being in the postseason and being in the clubhouse just a few feet away from here. Uh, I mean, it's pretty special, especially, you know, with the Dodgers fans do it here and, you know, and then you can get to see both sides, you know, they get to enjoy this and then doing with the Cardinals uniform and saving a special. So just pretty awesome. I'm just thanking God, you know, walking out, running around the bases, you know, for allowing me to do it this time, you know, especially with my family in town. A few weeks ago, we were having conversations about who would win the American League Central. Would it be the White Sox? Would it be the Twins? Or would it be the Guardians? Well, on Sunday... Stephen Kwan helped the Guardians take control of a game against the Rangers. Swung on, hit pretty well to right. Garcia going back. This ball is gone! A grand slam to right! Stephen Kwan stopped at second. He can keep on running. How about that? Tom Hamilton, WTAM 1100. And so this is what happened in the ninth inning. A swing and a pop-up. Foul territory behind the plate. Luke Bailey is there. He makes the catch. Ball game. And once again, Cleveland, you will have another October to remember. The Guardians American League Central Division champs for the 11th time. So hats off to the Cleveland Guardians, to Chris Antonetti, head of baseball operations, to manager Terry Francona. 
Hot Ticket is brought to you by Vivid Seats, where you earn rewards with every purchase. Vivid Seats Rewards is your ticket to more tickets. Vivid Seats, life happens live. And there's no question in the last days of the regular season, the big tickets will be those games played by the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets, who are vying for the National League East title. Uh, the Mets won on Sunday. The Braves faced the Phillies, and they came back repeatedly. Here was the moment they took the lead in the top of the 11th inning. Ronald waiting. Pilate brings it. That's jolted up the middle on a base hit. Into center field. Here comes Aradia. And the Braves have the lead 7-6 here in the 11th. Now from 680, the fan, they go on and win 8-7. And at the end of the weekend, the Mets lead over the Braves a game and a half, one game in the loss column. In the National League wildcard race, right now the Braves are the number one wildcard team, followed by the Padres, who lead the Phillies for the number two spot by one game in the loss column. Milwaukee is two games behind Philadelphia for the final National League playoff spot in the American League wildcard race. The Blue Jays are now two games ahead of Tampa Bay for the number one wildcard spot with Seattle running third, Baltimore four games behind the Mariners for the last playoff spot. The Marlins are not in any race. And on Sunday, they announced that Don Mattingly will not be back as their manager next season. I have a thought about a possible candidate Coming up in my conversation with Jeff Passan. Well, of course, a lot of the focus in baseball over the weekend was on Aaron Judge and each one of his plate appearances at Yankee Stadium against the Red Sox because he didn't homer on Friday. He didn't homer on Saturday. And going into Sunday, everyone wondering before the Yankees hit the road to play in Toronto this week, would Aaron Judge hit number 61? Here he was in the bottom of the first inning on Sunday Night Baseball. Swing and a ground ball. Fair ball down the third baseline and towards the left field corner. Judge around first, making his way to second, and he's got a double. His 28th two-bagger, and immediately a man in a scoring position for the New York Yankees. The great Boog Shambi on ESPN Radio with that call. Uh, Judge do a walk in his second plate appearance. Here he was in his third plate appearance. The pitch. Swing and a high fly ball out towards left field, but he got under it. Hernandez to his right makes the catch. Yeah, and so how Judge reacted to that was with a clap of the hands, like, oh, he just missed it. It really started to rain in the sixth inning, and this is what happened in the bottom of the sixth. Swing and a ball lifted in the air a mile high to right. Ref Snyder settling under it. And he dropped it. He dropped it in right field. Racing around third is Hicks on his way to the plate, and he scores. So that was 2-0 at that point. Then they pulled the tarp on the field, and they waited a while before they called the game off. Judge would have been the first guy to the plate after a rain delay, and I think everyone was waiting around at Yankee Stadium, waiting to see if that would happen. Instead, Aaron Judge met with reporters talking about getting another at-bat in the win. Yeah, well, I like to hit. I think anybody would want more at bats, um, but I think you can ask everybody in that room that we're excited. We came away with a you know a narrow victory and you know one 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 win closer to uh, clinching the division. He was asked about staying in the moment during these plate appearances. Stay focused. You know, don't try to do too much. You know, keep doing what we've been doing the past couple of days. Staying aggressive, um, having quality at bats, passing baton. You know, the stuff we've been you know doing you know all year. So. You know, especially when it comes down to crunch time like this, you know, don't overthink it and you know, we'll be where we want to be. We've got a feature you're going to hear coming up. His teammates talking about all the things that Judge does well other than hit. Sarah, what else you got? All right, Buster. Well, as much as we love talking about Aaron Judge, friendly reminder, it is NFL season. So be sure to check out our slate of podcasts, including the Dominique Foxworth show the Mina Kime show featuring Lenny, and of course, the Adam Schefter podcast. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11 ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code baseball. That's code baseball. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats, experience it live. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Passing, of course, covers baseball for ESPN. And Jeff, I apologize in advance for all the, the uh, plane calls, the flight calls that you're going to be hearing in the background. Minneapolis Airport's one of my favorites, but maybe today it could interrupt us a few times. I, I'm actually impressed that you have the gumption buster to do this. I'm, I'm like the embarrassed guy who goes and hides in the corner when he's on the phone at the airport. And you are straight up recording a podcast, video and all. I literally just saw people walking behind you. So credit to you, Buster, only for uh, just letting it all out there on a Monday. Yeah, I'm not as brazen as you think because I walked around for 20 minutes looking for a spot. <laughs> and this is actually the most private spot I could find. Uh, it, it uh, like every place that I went, I'm like, what? wait, there's not a, like a podcast studio in the airport here that we could use? Come I know, on. seriously, all the modern amenities that airports have and they can't have a podcast studio for you. It's a shame. <laughs> all right, what'd you think about Albert Pools on Friday night? What a way to do it. Right. Uh, like we've, you know, we've been waiting and in, in to bring up the other big story of the last month this season. We've been waiting now more than half a week for Aaron Judge to do it. And the anticipation is uh, sort of burbling over at this point. And for Albert Pujols to go 699 and then 700, way less than an hour later, it felt like it was, I don't know, 30 minutes later in real time. And uh, you know, to do it in Los Angeles where he resurrected his career, to do it against the Dodgers who are the greatest threat of any team to win the World Series this year, and to do it, period, to, to join a as esteemed a group of power hitters as you're going to find in Barry Bonds, Henry Aaron, in Babe Ruth. Uh, we knew Buster covering Albert Pujols for the last... 20 years or so that this was a unique guy that this was a special hitter that this was a player who was different and so to see someone like that wind up with something as special as 700 i think validates everything he's done in his career and especially sticking around toward the end didn't it feel like when the angels released him like we were going to have to remind fans of how how good he he is Yeah, Uh, You know, when when we wrote all those stories, when his name popped in the Hall of Fame ballot, but instead he gets his perfect punctuation for his career. Yeah, it's uh, I I like it when people write happy endings and Albert Pujols seems to have done that for himself to this point. Now, the happiest would be the Cardinals winning championship. I, you know, I I certainly don't discount it. but they are by far in the tougher league and, and have the tougher path to go and, and actually do that. Um, the, you know, that said, I remember seeing Albert Pujols. I started writing about baseball in 2004 and I was sent to St. Louis, go write a Pujols story, go write something interesting about him. And I just remember watching him in the cage for, about a half hour one day, just the routine that he went through and how meticulous he was. And I'm not suggesting that if you have a routine or if you are meticulous about it, that you can be Albert Pujols. What I'm saying is Albert Pujols was not Albert Pujols by accident. He was not Albert Pujols because the baseball gods came down, uh, kissed him on the head and said, son, you will hit. He was how he was. He is how he is because he looks at the swing as uh, as as his gift. And he never wants to take it for granted and will work at it as much as he has to to be great. And that's why the years in uh, with the Angels were so frustrating because his body wasn't allowing him that. Well, his body for 
whatever reasons now it's allowing him to do what he's doing and he's taking full advantage of it. Yeah. One of the fun uh, projects that, you know, we got to do this summer as we began to realize that Albert had a chance at 700, the editors at ESPN asked us to reach out to folks around baseball to get their Mm -hmm. favorite stories on him. Uh, Joey Votto told me this great story from I think 2009 where he hit a home run off David Weathers and Joey, as you can imagine, had this absolutely very specific memory of the count and the situation. And he said, and and he was fascinated by the swing to the degree that after it happened, he made a promise to himself, I'm going to go watch that on video. And when he saw the replay on video and saw where the pitch was and the situation, he said, I'll never be that good. Like (laughs) I'm never going to be as good as that. And I got a chance to talk to Alex Rodriguez, who told me this great story about reaching out to pool holes for a scouting report. Uh, and he said, typically, when you ask another player for a scouting report, it's very uh, light information. And so the guy's got a good curveball. He's got a you know hard sinker. He said Albert, in describing the pitcher that he wanted to ask him about, started talking about the, the pitcher's sequencing. If he throws you two fastballs away, that means the next pitch is going to be a changeup. Look for that. And he said, those conversations usually are about five minutes. He said, this was 45 minutes. And then Albert followed up after the game saying, Hey, how did it work out? Was my information right? What did he throw to you? Because he wanted to uh, like debrief Alex about his plate appearance against his pitcher. And for Alex, that was uh, that was something. All right, let's go to Aaron Judge, uh, who over the weekend, I felt like, Jeff, on Saturday, you began to see signs that, yeah, this unusual situation of having everyone in the ballpark uh, focus entirely on you every pitch of every game it was beginning to wear on him. I felt like by Saturday and the Sunday, what'd you think? Isn't being a New York Yankee, the art of having the entire world wear on you at all times. I, I like, I'm not, Joey dis- Gallo would say yes. Joey yeah. Gallo would say yes. Sonny Gray yeah. would say yes. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, I, it is. And, and I'm not, I'm not discounting uh, the suggestion that this is more, this is more, this is a lot more. And, uh, the the frustrating part, if you're Aaron Judge, is that uh, your success leads to your job being even more difficult. It's supposed to be the opposite, right? That when you do good things, that your job gets easier. No, 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 no. It's it does not get easier. Um, but he's away from home now. He's going to a place in Toronto. It's gonna be easier, right? It's gonna be I yes. Uh, you, you would have to think so, um, because, frankly, doing it in front of the fans in New York is what you want to do. But doing it in a place where you can just take a breather, like when when you're at home and you're a baseball player, there are just things that are asked of you uh, that does not happen when you're on the road. There are more people who want to grab that very little piece of your time and you're at home with your family and uh, their responsibilities like going on the road for a baseball player uh, sometimes is the respite that they need in order to get their minds right. So this is going to be the week like Aaron, Aaron judge will hit a home run this week. He has to, because that's the, the, kind of season he's having, not just a break, you know, to tie an American league record or to potentially break it. No, just because he's really, really good. And because when he sees mistakes, he usually punishes them. That's his 2022 season. I know where you were at Yankee stadium for a couple days earlier in the week. Uh, when I was there on Saturday, you know, afterward, I got a chance to talk to uh, Reese McGuire, the Red Sox catcher. And he had this great story from that game and, and you know you, you occasionally I had never spoken with him before and you bump into these people with anecdotal memories and very specific memories as a writer and you feel so fortunate and he's one of those guys mm-hmm. and he's walking me through judge walking up to the plate and looking at him and saying hey let's have some fun today uh and, and then he described very specifically the sound from his perspective uh, from the crowd at Yankee Stadium, where he said, as the pitcher is getting ready with his motion, there's a, a rumbling, a murmur from the crowd. And then he said, 
And right at the time he throws the ball, he said it goes dead silent to the point that he could hear the whoosh of Judge's bat, which he could never remember hearing in a game before, a hitter's bat going through the strike zone. And he said that he could very distinctly hear the contact of the ball to bat. He said, normally you don't really hear in a crowded state. And Rich Hill said the same thing. He said, you could hear that, uh, you know, when he was on the mound and pitching against Judge the other day because the crowd was so focused on him. And then there were times, Jeff, when, you know, Judge would bat in the middle of an inning and his bat would be resolved without a home run. And the uh, stands, you'd see all these fans go up the concourse, like up the aisles to the concourse. It was crazy. It was like everyone was there just to see Aaron Judge. Let's put it this way, Buster. It's 2022 and ESPN was cutting in live during college football games to watch Aaron Judge at bats. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes exactly i mean if uh, listen there there are certain things in our sport that should get more relevancy and don't so anytime whether it's espn or any other media outlet is promoting something big happening in baseball i'm here for it i'm okay with it and i i appreciate New York fans understanding what this moment is. Um, I hope when they look at it, they understand likewise that this is not the home run record. Like, let's make that very clear. It's not even close to the single season home run record. And if you want to pretend like like Magic Juice took away the ball going over the fence 73 times for Barry Bonds, then you can live in your your happy fantasy world where bad things don't happen. And I understand that. That's okay. Um, but just the fact that there are multiple resonant moments happening in September, toward the end of September, from stars, it makes me happy as a baseball fan that the sport feels alive and it feels engaged right now. And that's going into a postseason where – there is a lot of intrigue, and that's going into an offseason where there are going to be a lot of fascinating machinations going on. So I wanted you to weigh in on this because I had this conversation on a couple of shows last week, and when we were preparing for Sunday Night Baseball, I mentioned, and I'm, I'm with you, like, you know, someone asked me who's the all-time uh, home run leader. I'm saying Barry Bonds. Who's the all-time leader at home runs in a season? Well, of course, it's Barry Bonds. As you know, you know, we've had this conversation before. Before I stopped voting for the Hall of Fame, I voted for Bonds and I voted for yeah. Clemens. I voted Me for too. McGuire. Me you too. can't get away from that. But I would say this. When we're having the conversation about the greatest season we've ever seen or the most difficult season we've ever seen, that's a little more subjective. And sure. I mentioned to my colleagues, look, uh, if you ask me who the greatest cyclist ever, I'm not saying Lance Armstrong. If you ask me who the greatest sprinter ever is, I'm not saying Ben Johnson, you know, Mm -hmm. who set the world record before he had his gold medal strip because he was doing PDs. And I kind of feel that way in this case, where you have Judge, you know, going into the weekend with 20 more home runs than any other hitter, uh, putting up a triple crown number in an era in which hitting is so difficult. I'm comfortable saying it's the greatest season from any hitter ever. What about you? I'm not there. And I just, I, 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 understand your point there it is like there are a lot of good arguments in favor of Aaron Judge I I just can't ignore a 600 plus on base percentage and an 800 plus slugging percentage I just I I can't I can't look past some of the seasons that Bonds were uh, that Bonds was putting up I can't look past some of the seasons that Ruth put up you know OPS pluses in the mid 200s you know they're just using in each of those, like, I get it. Each of those is flawed in its own way. Bonds is season flawed because he, you know, he was taking PEDs. Ruth's season flawed because he was doing it against only white guys. Um, you know, the game wasn't integrated at that point. And so was Babe Ruth, even though there were far fewer teams, was Babe Ruth, uh, you know, was he hampered? Do we look at him differently because black players and Latin American players, the you know, who make up a large number of present day big leaguers, weren't anywhere to be seen. Every every era 
has its thing. And you can argue, Buster, that right now it's a ball that even though it's been dejuiced, it's still more juice than it's been in past generations. You can argue the fact that Aaron Judge is doing this in ballparks that have fences, even though Aaron Judge admittedly, you know, tends to hit the ball farther than the, the short fence, but doing it in different ballparks. Every every era has uh its foible. And and so I I you, you can see the pain on my face right now. Like I, I want I to say that we are witnessing the greatest season of all time. But when there's an argument to be made that there's a better season happening in the same league in the same year, which I think there is an argument with Shohei Otani, like yeah. if I still voted for MVP, Judge would be my guy. But Otani's really, 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 really good. And and that's like that's my that's my takeaway here. It has taken an all-time great season to beat Shohei Otani for MVP. And absent that, if there's no Aaron Judge doing this in 2023, and there is a Shohei Otani going and doing the same thing, he's gonna win MVP every year and he should. The one thing I'd say about Bonds this season, I totally hear you. The numbers are the numbers. They're crazy. But then you look at what uh, Bonds did year to year to year until Mm -hmm. 1999, his early 30s. His early 30s, not like when he was in his mid-20s. And all of a sudden, he goes nuts. And could he have gotten close to that? I don't know. Uh, but the fact is, is that after clean, he, no, he no, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have no. done what he did. No, he, he was a completely different player. Uh, mm. and there's no getting around that in terms of his production. All right. I want to go rapid fire with some other topics, uh, with you. So let's uh, try to put a time limit on ourselves for about a minute. Uh, Aaron judge contract talks. You and I talked about this in baseball tonight. How do you see these playing out? Uh, I think it is going to be a big AAV number because, I don't think the years are going to change that much. I think he's going to be 31 going into next season. And the models are going to say this is the absolute ceiling. Uh, Ten-year contracts for guys going into their 40s, they, they just I don't think they're going to exist anymore. And maybe one owner goes bonkers and says, we want Aaron Judge. But eight times 40, does that seem like a reasonable area? Yes. Yep. I do. And I think you and I have seen examples of owners who get inspired by a performance like this, who say, that's the guy I want to be the face of my franchise. Luis Castillo signs a big, uh, big contract with the Mariners over the weekend. You broke that story. When you look at what the Mariners have at at their core, they're going to be pretty good for a long time. Uh, Just a fun little anecdote here. I I will, I will affirm what you just said. Yes. But uh, yesterday, Sunday, go to the ballpark here in Kansas city. Uh, Mariners are in town and I want to write a story about why their bullpen is so good. Their bullpen proceeds to give up 11 runs in one inning. The consequence (laughs) of this and the lesson here, Buster only is never talk to me. (laughs) Uh, Don Mattingly out as manager of the Marlins. This was something that was talked about a month ago. It's yeah, it's been a fait accompli all season now. And look, uh, Don Mattingly, excellent man. I think he's actually a solid manager too. Just not what this franchise wanted going forward. And I'm not sure what the Marlins want. I'm not sure what the Marlins want to be. I'm not sure how much the Marlins want to spend. I'm not sure where the Marlins want to go. They just seem like a franchise that is in perpetual limbo. And at some point, uh, in that division especially, you got to take advantage of this young talent that you have, or they're just going to get traded and go away like they have past generations. And of course, our colleague Eduardo Perez's name will come up. I mean, he's a natural fit for them to consider among their candidates uh, for many reasons. And we've seen so many people, I, you know, Aaron Boone and Alex Cora. People tend to graduate from ESPN into managerial jobs unless they're short writers. You know, that's that's. <laughs> Uh, I was going to say, that's pretty much, that's pretty much all of us though, isn't it? At this point, you're right. Uh, All right. You have been in the Kansas City market for a long time. What'd you think of Dayton Moore uh, being forced out as head of baseball ops for the Royals? 
Uh, the, the relationship just never evolved with John Sherman, the new owner. And the, the most interesting part to me, let's, let's first give Dayton Moore his flowers uh, in Kansas City, uh, a place that for 30 years had been a baseball wasteland, baseball desert. Uh, he brought back-to-back World Series appearances in the first championship uh, since 1985. So uh, Dayton Moore's legacy in Kansas City will always be that of a championship general manager. But there's the flip side, which is that, you know, he had three winning seasons. And this turnaround that was supposed to be uh, really growing this year did not happen. Now, the Royals have Bobby Wood, who I really like. Uh, MJ Melendez, really like. Vinny Pasquantino might be the best hitter out of the three, oddly enough. He's awesome if you haven't seen him yet. And Brady Singer's been very good, and there are a couple of other pieces here and there. But uh, J.J. Piccolo, who has been Dayton Moore's right-hand man for a long time, takes over. And uh, what, from the outside, and and frankly, to some in the inside, is a bit of an odd transition. If you fire the president, you're going to hire his right hand. Well, the hope from Kansas City is that J.J. Piccolo, for all that he does share with Dayton Moore, uh, is a different man and one who may embrace uh, the analytical revolution a little bit more than his predecessor. The Guardians win the American League Central. And I, I think there's a chance, Jeff, that this is the first year of in a run from Cleveland in the way they, they built this. What do you think? I'm very curious to see what they do with Shane Bieber. I don't mean to be trading guys before the playoffs start, but one thing Cleveland's always done well is like Tampa, they trade guys at the right time. They, they, you know, whether, they get the right return, by the way, they pick oh, the right guys in trades. Absolutely. I mean, you trade a you, you just can't trade a star like Francisco Lindor, but if you do, you better get Andres Jimenez back. I right. mean, that's and, and and the scary part about Cleveland for all the other teams in the central. They've got a great farm system, probably the best in the division, too. So it's not like this is just stopping right now. What Cleveland does as well as anybody in baseball is develop pitching. They just do. They, I don't know if they've cracked the code. I don't know if they have a secret sauce. I don't know specifically what it is because they're not saying and they shouldn't. They have something that is proprietarily excellent and they're going to ride that as long as they can, because if you can develop pitching and keep it healthy, uh, you know, Tristan McKenzie, the latest this year, he's awesome. Al Quantrill, another came over in a trade and the, the guardians, they, I, I enjoy watching them play baseball. They hit enough. They pitch the hell out of the ball. They can catch it a little bit. Like they're, they're just a, they're a fun Terry Francona team. Simple as that. Exactly. All right, Jeff, thank you for doing this. Thanks for putting up with the uh, the background here. I don't know. Did you hear the little kid crying and crying and crying as he was pulled past? I did not, but I've been, I've been fixated on that ceiling tile above your right ear. I can't tell if that's a giant bug on the ceiling or a sprinkler head. <laughs> well... For my own sake, I hope it's a sprinkler head. Yeah, I hope so too. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NexGuard Plus chews provide one and done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus. It treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Used with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurological disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting preventive. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, the clutch hits, the strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems, with nothing on your roof. So whoever's up there, whether it's roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, 
they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit directtv.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Aaron Judge's legacy is likely to be built around home runs because of the record he's about to set, because he is six foot seven and 282 pounds and will always be associated with power. But other players believe this obscures how well-rounded a player he is and how his extraordinary athleticism goes way beyond what he does in the batter's box. Over the weekend, I spoke with some teammates and asked them for a moment that highlighted the range of skills that Judge possesses. Here's Tim LaCastro talking about a pivotal play in a game in Tampa Bay on the bases. He was on second base and there was a ground ball to the shortstop and something as simple as going from second to third, next play was a sack fly and we went into the game by one run. I mean, that's something that you're not going to see in the box score, but it literally won us a game against the team that was in second place at the time, a division rival. And like I said, that's something you're not seeing in the box score. You're watching the game. It's just such a difference matter, which makes him so valuable in this team and hopefully the most favorite player in this league. Here's reliever Zach Britton. Well, that's the hardest thing, you know, with anybody at any position is getting your, whether it's your delivery or, you know, your, your stance, like being consistent with something and buying into it and not tinkering. Uh, when you're going on good stretches, even then guys will tinker. So the consistent approach, like, from the whole year for him. And that's why I was telling, you know, Meredith earlier, I think the thing that I've noticed with him since I came over here, even facing him when he was coming up, um, in Baltimore was just the uh, evolution of his approach. He's just not really chasing as much, you know, he's, and he's not missing mistakes. And I feel like the best hitters in the game, the, the Mike Trouts, the Pujols, the, you know, Mookie Betts, you know, and the list goes on, the Joey Bottas, they don't miss mistakes consistently. Every now and then they may, but consistently they do damage on those. And that's what you're starting to see with Judge is he's turning into obviously one of the best hitters, if not the best hitter in the game. Here's catcher Kyle Higashioka talking about a catch the judge made. Especially now with our right field fence the way it is, like with that little scoreboard thing. Yeah. He robbed a homer over that thing one time where I was like, no one else in the league could have got to that. It's just amazing to see him with his size do the things that he does. Here's Jamison Tyone talking about a throw. You see the offensive numbers, and it's easy to like obsess over how good of a hitter he is. But I think what gets lost is something you don't see in the highlights every day: is like watching him play the outfield, watching him run the bases. That throw he made the other night, and even more impressive is just like the reputation he has around the league. A lot of the time, times guys don't even test him. So in Milwaukee recently, I got really Thomas to hit a fly ball with a runner on third, and they didn't even bother testing him. I think it was like Yelich on third who can run. So yeah, I mean he's got the reputation of being a great defender around the game. He just he does little things in the outfield that you're like, dude, that guy's 6'7", 270 pounds. Uh, watching him move around and stuff, you would know it. Here's Harrison Bader talking about the same throw that Tyon mentioned. He's got a really good arm, which I really wasn't aware of until I kind of saw it up close. And Femme hit that ball down the right field corner a couple games ago, and he threw the ball all the way in there at the second. You know, it's just... They were out on the money, and he's obviously a strong throw. So, yeah, on top of, you know... Being the offensive force he is, he's got a really good arm too, which I didn't know about, so he's pretty impressive. This is the Numbers Game with Sarah Langs. Sarah Langs, reporter, producer for MLB.com. Sarah, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Buster. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, so tell me about how you're processing this Aaron Judge chase for 61 homers. I mean, you know, it's so much fun to see everyone on my Twitter timeline so invested in what is going on. My favorite part of this, especially over the last week or so, is that I know when he's batting, in part because I'm watching, so I see it but also because everyone seems to be doing the exact same thing, whether there are 15 games going on or one game going on, like last night. 
on Sunday baseball. So, I mean, my favorite part of all of this is just the attention it's getting and how exciting it's been to watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the game goes into rain delay uh, before the top of the seventh inning last night. And all those fans are waiting at Yankee Stadium, waiting to see if Aaron Judge is going to get one more plate appearance. And I was telling our producer, Andy Jacobson, that if they had resumed the game, that one image we had to capture is that if Judge hadn't hit the home run in that one plate appearance in the bottom of the seventh, can you imagine the stream of fans after the two-hour rain delay going up the aisles in the middle of the inning saying, okay, I saw the last at bat. I'm out of here. You know? Oh, my gosh. You know, I was thinking to myself those moments of being a fan. I made my parents wade through so many rain delays as a kid that had nothing to do with the chase for 60-plus home runs, nothing to do with a team that was even in postseason contention or clinch or anything like that. And I was just trying to get inside the brains of these fans who are, you know, it's a school night, it's a work night, people who work normal Monday to Friday, all that. But the idea of, you know, standing on a subway platform, all of a sudden, oh, he came up to bat, he hit it. The idea of missing it, it's such a, it's such a fandom moment and you don't want to miss that. So it's such a tough thing to deal with and make that decision at, you know, 9.20 p.m. And because of all the rain, I think there was a good chance that when they resumed, if they had resumed on Sunday night, the judge was going to get pulled. I think he was going to get pulled out of the game because the Yankees are thinking big picture. They wanted to keep their best player healthy. Can you imagine the fan reaction from all those fans (laughs) if someone had come up to pinch hit for judge? Oh, my goodness. I mean, waiting all that time then and not being him, you know, Again, that gets back to sort of that fan mentality. I think the more the more informed fan, the fan who is listening to this podcast right now, probably would have taken those logical steps to say there's no way he would bat with the field being in this condition. But that's not everyone sitting there or standing there in the stands. So, uh, you know, just a tough situation. But I'm glad he didn't have to bat on that kind of field, potentially run the bases there, but very excited to see him hit 61 and beyond, you know, sometime this week. All right, well, let's play the numbers game. And with Taylor out, I'll do the countdown. Number three. Number three is four. So Albert Pools hit number 699 and 700 on Friday night. It was so exciting. Back-to-back innings and You just got the sense in that second at bat that, hey, this is going to happen right now. So four is for his four multi-homer games this season. Before him, nobody had ever had more than two multi-homer games in a season at age 42 or older. And now he has four this season. He has 21 home runs. That is the second most by anybody in this season at age 42 or older and has been so much fun to watch. And we're talking about Judge. I'm so glad that 761 or 62 did not happen on the same day. I'm glad that each moment will get its own time to shine. Number two. Number two is 106. So the Dodgers yesterday won their 106th game. This is the third straight full season that they have won 106 games. So we're skipping 2020, the 60-game season. They're the only team ever in baseball history to win 106 or more games in three straight full seasons. Wow. That is their franchise record. They set it in 19. They tied it last year, tied again this year. I have a hunch they're going to win at least one more game this year. So that would set a franchise record. It's just been incredible to watch. And number one. Number one is one. We'll go with one for this. So the Guardians are the youngest team in baseball. So we'll go with one for smallest number, youngest team. So assuming they're still the youngest team in baseball, 
by the end of the season, it's weighted by plate appearances and batter space. They would be the eighth team to make the postseason as baseball's youngest team. The last team to do it was the 1986 Mets, who of course won the World Series. The others to do it, the 1970 Reds, who lost in the World Series. And then pre-1969, so all these teams were in the World Series with 1950 Phillies, 49 Dodgers, wow. 47 Dodgers, 44 Cardinals who won the World Series, and 43 Cardinals. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can the Guardians win the World Series? I'm never going to say never. I'm never going to sit here on September 26th and say a team can't do it. That team is having so much fun. Terry Francona is a Hall of Fame manager. If anyone can bring this team to World Series, it's him. I mean, you look at Emmanuel Casse in the ninth and, you know, so many other guys. Jose Ramirez getting another shot with a very different team. Andres Jimenez, an all-star. I don't think they're going to be a favorite by any means, but I don't see why not. All right. I'm going to make you set aside the nice person, Sarah Langs, uh, where you're giving them credit. And I'm going to ask you to put the analyst hat on. Uh, how difficult will it be for a team in 2022 to get through a postseason without hitting home runs in the way that the Guardians really don't hit home runs? Well, one of our favorite stats with the Sunday baseball crew is talking about how much home runs matter in the postseason. I don't have the number in front of me, but over the last few postseasons, the win percentage when you out-homer your opponent is in the 850s or higher. So, you know, that would be the reason why not. I know people love the idea of, oh, small ball, but again, that's not what wins in the playoffs. So that will probably be their down ball. But again, they're going to be fun to watch for at least minimum of two games exactly all right sarah thanks for doing this great to see you thanks for having me buster on sunday book shambi caught up with yankees manager aaron boone give a listen jim thanks very much and here with the manager of the new york yankees aaron boone a little under the weather let's start with that how you feeling i'm feeling better um Actually, last weekend in, in Milwaukee was, was not great and had been improving, but I, I can't quite shake the cough, but uh, I'm doing all right. Tell me about your team right now. You guys have nailed down a playoff spot, but looking to clinch that division. It's been a long road for you. You've had stretches where you played great, and you've had stretches where you guys have been really beat up. Where are you now? We're, we're getting more and more whole uh each and every day and you know it's been nice to get guys back in the mix some important people back in the mix uh really over the last couple weeks uh hoping to get more by the end um but we've played a good brand of baseball here in this you know last couple weeks where um you know i feel like we've caught the ball well um you know we're doing some little things that allow you to win games we've found ourselves in a lot of close games and find ways to pull those out uh hopefully all things that that serve us well uh in in the postseason i'm not sure if you've heard but aaron judge has 60 home runs um a little bit of attention on that what's it been like to watch it's been awesome watching his season watching his growth watching him go to this uh you know another level of player and um you know i think when it's all said and done, we're going to look back at this season as one of the all-time great seasons in the history of this game. That goes back quite a ways, right? Um, but um, he's someone that I just admire a lot, uh, really appreciate my relationship with him, and it's been fun to see him evolve as a player and as a leader um, over the last five years since I've been here. At home, can you describe what it's like in terms of the looking the sights and the sounds when he comes up to the plate because eventually it gets kind of quiet yeah it's an it's a 
it's an amazing atmosphere and it's a unique one because there is the that anticipation and the excitement that starts to build when he's even in the hole you know not even on deck yet and then he gets on deck and then as he's walking up to the plate the the energy and the crowd and the rise of the people and then as those pitches are coming the complete silence that happens because everyone is just so entrenched and enthralled and doesn't want to miss anything and wants to be almost alone and locked in with their thoughts so there's a silence that happens that's that's you don't ever see good luck good to see you thank you buddy bleacher tweets all right buster it's time for bleacher tweets and as always bleacher tweets are brought to you by dr pepper it ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold dr pepper the ones fans deserve so our first tweet comes from David at baseball fan 1918. Any chance the pressure of chasing 61 and doing it in New York has a negative effect on judge re-signing with the Yankees. He seems to deal with it. No problem. But maybe after this looking for a less stressful place, like the Rangers, I think yeah. you're wishful thinking, David. <laughs> yeah. David, David's thinking that after Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, they could, they could also add Aaron judge. No, I don't think that's going to have anything to do with it. I, I, as we've been saying on shows, on conver- in conversations, we don't know what Aaron Judge wants. We don't know if he wants to go back to the Giants, if that's what his preference is. We don't know if he, you know, is just looking to stay with the Yankees, but trying to max out in terms of dollars. And whichever way he chooses is totally his prerogative. I, I don't think this is, uh, I don't think this is affecting him at all in that regard. I do think that the chase, you're seeing the stress on it from plate appearance to plate appearance, but I don't think it's going to affect his decision whether or not to resign. Nice try, David. The next tweet is from Chris P. Now that he has 700, is it a lock that Albert goes into Cooperstown in a Cardinal cap? Chris, I think you're right. You know, I haven't had a chance to ask Albert, but I I think this is a great way for him to finish his career, much in the same way that Ichiro Suzuki finished up his career uh, with the Seattle Mariners. Next up is P.K. Steinberg. Is Stephen Kwan the savior of baseball? <laughs> I'm sure P.K. because Stephen Kwan actually puts the ball in play, focuses on contact. Yeah, you're not going to see a bunch of players doing that because you don't get paid for putting the ball in play. You get paid for doing damage, but it's fun <laughs> watching him play. And he's sort of in the embodiment of, of Cleveland. Yes. Stephen Kwan is the wind beneath cleveland's wings so now (laughs) lastly is taylor welch with the season in the home stretch do my phillies need to have a playoff spot locked up by the last series of the season against houston oh boy um well now man and be able to make the season so in other words you know can the phillies do some damage uh can they do some damage in the postseason if they don't have a locked up I think the Phillies are a great wild card because on any given day, they've got that terrific lineup. They have an improved defense and they have good starting pitching. I'm probably going to pick against them in the first round though. All right. That's it for Bleacher Tweets. Be sure to submit your questions using hashtag Bleacher Tweets. And as always, be sure to check us out on YouTube for today's segment with Jeff. So have a great day, everyone. My thanks today to Sarah and Jeff, to Sarah and Bruce, and all those teammates who took the time to talk about Aaron Judge. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And remember, hate and inequality based on skin color is something we need to fight against every single day. Bleacher.